0: a massive impact in the world and it's time, so let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Talia Deju here with me. Talia is a coach for transformation and the founder of The Heart Work Method. Through her work, she teaches us the tools to make space for change and cultivate a deeper relationship to ourselves. Her Forbes featured podcast, Sincerely Me, explores self-discovery and the journey of turning inward in order to lead a life of depth and significance. In today's episode, we dive deep and Talia shares a lot of powerful tools and techniques to transform your mindset and to really connect to yourself in a deeper way so that you can experience more fulfillment, more ease more flow in your life. I'm really excited for you to dive into it, into today's episode. I know you're going to get so much out of it as always. So without further ado, let's welcome Talia onto the show. Welcome Talia. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I know we are going to go deep in so many amazing things and I'm honored and grateful to have you here with us.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Stephanie. I can't wait to see what comes out. Yeah. I'm sure it will be magical. (laughs) Yeah. So I know that you really go into a lot around manifesting and really shifting your mindset and all the things. What really led you and I know this is a deep question. I, I like to start it out with this though, because There's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast who are also on a similar mission, like they wanting to live out their purpose, wanting to share their gifts with the world. And I really think that the work that we're all doing is kind of like, it's all aligned with stepping into the truth of who we are. And it's always really interesting hearing people's journeys and what led them to doing what they're doing. So I would love to hear like what that kind of looks like for you and what led you to doing the amazing work that you're doing today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's always a good place to start, but a really hard place to start. <laughs> How did I get to where I am today? Um, so my interest in psychology, like Stems as far back as I can remember, Um, but I knew that I didn't want to go the traditional route when it came to practicing psychology with, um, you know, therapy. It was kind of like the one thing I knew it could lead me to, and I there was just something that didn't feel quite right about it. But I knew that psychology was where I wanted to spend time studying and exploring, and that's where my curiosity kind of naturally took me to. So I studied psychology in undergrad. I went to school at American University in DC, and Ended up getting a job that sounds like a fake job. It was a very real job as a leadership development consultant for sororities. Um, So after school for about a year, I lived out of a suitcase. And every six days I was on an airplane flying to a different city, meeting with a bunch of women in, in a sorority and helping them really figure out how to take what they were doing, their experiences, both inside and outside of the sorority to the next level in terms of like, how is this all preparing you for the real world? Like what's next, right? Yeah. Uh, And that's a question that I think we're never done asking ourselves, like, what's next? What's coming up next? Um, And I found myself kind of naturally falling into this coaching role with a lot of these women I would sit down to connect with. And it was very much outside of my job description. um, And I very much got in trouble for some of the ways that I was building relationships with women. But I realized... I could sense what was needed. Um, and I had to kind of step out of the boundaries of what I was supposed to be doing in the job and really help these women connect to themselves and look at what they were doing, right. And figuring out how to optimize what's going well versus always looking at what's going wrong and reporting on what's going wrong and trying to fix the problems. Um, people get into a mindset that doesn't allow for expansion. When you're thinking about what's going wrong, it like limits you so much. So that's really where my kind of strength started to develop and come out. And I realized coaching is what I want to be doing. I want to figure out how to help people optimize their work experiences, their relationships, their life experiences, um, and make the most of whatever whatever they were contributing to. So that led me into grad school. Uh, One of the things I tell all my clients when they're thinking about what they really want to be doing, I'm like, follow the questions. Where do you have, like, where are all your questions? What do you stay up thinking about at night? And for me, a lot of it was, you know, what makes people feel fulfilled? What leads to a meaningful life? And I needed the research. Like I needed to know who are the people studying these things? Where can I find them? And like, Be with them all the time. (laughs) So, I read a book um, that was called Flow by Mahali Chiksentnai. He's one of the found one of the founding fathers, if you will. Such a good book. Yes, you read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I turned to the back of the book and. I was like, this man, where is he? Where is he studying? Where is he researching? I need to go. I need to find him. Um, so that led me to gra- graduate school where I studied positive psychology. And the first class I took was with him. And that opened the door to positive psychology, to flow, to mindset work, to all the things I'm doing now. Um, and that's really kind of where the seeds were planted, if you will. And That led me to my previous company that was really a career and business platform for women And through four or five years of doing that work, there was just so much more that I saw that needed to be done. Like these conversations were staying a little surfaced. I was helping people figure out, okay, well, here's your job. Here are your strengths. Here's what you're looking for next. But it felt like a band-aid. It felt like I was helping people short-term fix a problem um, that was only going to resurface in two years at, at the next job.
0: Yeah.
1: So... That in parallel with, you know, some of the things I was personally experiencing in my life and watching, you know, women in my life throughout my childhood struggle with identity and worth and, and try to attach themselves to these rules and titles and jobs that they felt like their sense of worth would come from. Um, but there, I just saw so many problems around me and I was like, I got to solve this problem. I see it everywhere and it's all I want to talk about. It's all I want to think mm-hmm. about. It's all I want to help people not fixed, but, um, optimized maybe. Yeah.
0: And so yeah. what exactly is that quote unquote problem?
1: The problem is so the word I always, I always, uh, talk about or come back to is insignificance, how mm. we feel insignificant. And when we feel insignificant, we look to all these things externally to make us feel significant, important, to make us feel like we have a sense of worth, you know, but it's, it's always reaching to the outside. Um, so, so much of my work now is about cultivating relationship to self and starting there, um, yeah. kind of reversing some of the ways we've learned to do life, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And so before this, you were teaching people kind of along the lines of career, you said, or business.
1: Yeah, it was a lot more career and business focus. So, you know, what is it that you, what are your strengths? What does come naturally to you? When do you lose track of time? When are you in flow? And, yeah, you know, looking at the career trajectory and trying to understand, you know, beneath the surface, what themes and patterns, how do we connect these dots and what have you always kind of been doing without realizing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: how do you do more of that, whether it is in another job or on your own as a business owner. And so we would help people figure it out and transition into that next step. Um but again, it just felt like much deeper work needed yeah. to be done. So that's what I'm really transitioning into now.
0: Agreed. And so, are you still making that transition, or is it kind of like?
1: Yeah, I I would say I'm I'm pretty fully in this newer space now. It's called it's it's the space of what I call deep transformational. Not what I call it's called deep transformational coaching work. Yeah. Uh, not to say that we, you know, I still have a lot of folks who come to me with career being the problem they think they want to solve, but we go a lot deeper into the work. Um, So I I would say I have fully transitioned into being a little bit more open about the types of conversations I want to be having. And like, here's what I can do for you. Here's what I'm, you know, I'm not here to put a bandaid on your job situation and help you find a new job. Um, You have to be willing to do some deep work and really figure out why you feel what you feel, what it is that you actually need um, and to just get out of the head a little bit and step mm-hmm. a little bit more into the heart and, and listen, like really listen to what needs to be paid attention to.
0: Yeah. then that's so important. I, I, I'm asking like about the transition because like, I feel that many people kind of have been going through that lately. And at least in my realm, I've noticed a lot of people, um, have been going deeper with the inner work and shifting, not a way necessarily totally of like the strategy side of business, but like really going into that deep, deep inner work, the spiritual practices, the mindset practices that ultimately lead to the success and the fulfillment within yourself and other areas of your life. Yeah. And so.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's easier. We tell ourselves it's easier to solve those surface level problems. Not to say that they're not problems, right? But, um, I think the longer we ignore the things that they're like trying to come up to the surface, the louder they're going to get. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. And so what are some things that you take people through to really make these transformations and shifts in their lives?
1: The first thing that I feel like the work really calls for is this shift in focus from doing (laughs) like doing all the things. Um, (laughs) Yep, exactly. And, um, you know, as a coach, at least what I had learned for a long time, you know, your role is to help people do things differently, do things better, achieve more, um, be more strategic, be more intentional about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And the pace, the constant, the, the, the speed of life and work and the pressure to constantly be moving and growing and, um, doing more all the time, (laughs) I think is really what's like drowning out, um, the things that we need most and the things that our hearts know we need most. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the first thing all of our hearts are calling for is just like, stop, slow down, be still for a moment. Um, and there's just so much resistance to that for a a million and one reasons. Mm-hmm. But the first is is kind of calling for that shift or at least inviting people into the possibility that there's another way to do the things you're doing. There's another way to be as a business owner, as an employee, as a stay-at-home mom. Like whatever it is that you do, if it's feeling heavy and bad, it's because there's another way, and a part of you knows that. Um, so it's again being still enough to listen to what you actually know and move into a different way of being in a different state so that the things you do don't feel stressful, don't feel resistant, don't feel um, like obligations anymore.
0: Yeah. And what are some practices that you personally like to do on like a daily basis or a regular basis that help you get into that energy? Yeah.
1: So, one of the things, so it literally is like carving out time. And I say that I I don't do this because this has not become a consistent practice. And there's, I feel my own resistance towards it. And I'm very open about the fact that, like, just because I guide people and teach people the stuff, by no means, like, does that mean I've figured it out um, in my own life. I'm learning as, you know, we're all in this together. We're all learning as we go. And I'm just sharing my lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, a lot of it is, carving out time to do nothing. Like if I'm sitting on the couch, there's no TV on, there's no phone in my hand. I'm literally sitting and like inviting a board, like boredom. Um, and I think we all tried to avoid boredom and how somehow boredom is a bad thing, um, but really letting myself do nothing but sit and be um, and get frustrated, get annoyed, get bored um, and experience the experience, what that's like. Um, other ways that I do being outside for me Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, as a solo business owner, I get very stuck in these four walls and I'm home all the time. I work from home. I have a dog who keeps me, (laughs) who keeps me at home, keeps me busy. Um, so getting outside and kind of tuning into (laughs) the sounds a little silly, but like, there's so much that we miss by tuning out what's around us. And I think there's so much that I'm reminded of by just observing nature, Yeah, the natural state of how things are in the world and just sinking to that, sinking to the rhythm of the wind and to the sound of the birds. And that really just brings me back into my body. Um, so those are some simple ways. And then I have a bunch of different, you know, mantras and mindset tricks and tips and stuff that, um, that I come back to and that I like to start my mornings with, but that's what I'm
0: working on right now. Yeah, I love it and I love that you're like totally honest about yeah. we're all human and we all like have our uh times when we're super committed to our practice and times where we're like Meh. um <laughs> and so it's it is it's like a practice for real of yeah. like giving ourselves that time to go within, giving ourselves that time to feel connected to all that is and I'm right there with you like with the nature thing, like I myself always say like, I need to do that more. And whenever I do, it's so peaceful and so relaxing. And I find myself getting so many downloads and inspiration when I give myself that time to just literally be yeah. in nature.
1: Yeah. It's important. And like movement for me.
0: Same. I'm all about dancing. <laughs> Every,
1: yeah. I I can't, it's very, my biggest challenge is um, getting out of my head. Like my thoughts. I'm always thinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, even if I'm not talking or doing, you can just tell by the look on my face that my like mind is running a million miles an hour. Um, but when I dance, like there's no space for my mind to think and I'm completely lost in, in as I'm sure you, it sounds like you can relate, like you get so lost in the movement and, um, dance has definitely been one of the ways to tune in, I guess.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it really grounds us into our body. Yeah too. So good. So for you, like what has been, I guess, like the biggest shift or manifestation or transformation in your life in the last like few years or yeah, whatever, I'm sure you have probably a ton of stories.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This year has been a big year for me. Um, I do, I, I, I'm still kind of in the thick of a lot of lessons right now, like literally today as we speak. Um, so I think for me, for a long time, subconsciously, I was asking for something to change. Um, and of course, you never know what it's going to look like. <laughs> the universe is like, here's the change you were asking for. Um, so good changes and bad changes, you know, from, from kind of looking on the outside, you would know, like, I got married this year. I bought a house. I moved into the suburbs. I got a dog, like a lot of just lifestyle changes. Wow. I think I, I haven't really recognized like the, the change, whether good or bad is stressful, like change creates stress in your body, um, in your mind. So it's been a lot of change from just those few things. And then from a business perspective, which also ties into like my sense of worth and self and how I'm contributing in the world, um, went through kind of a a business breakup of sorts back in, February, March, where um, it was kind of like the universe's way of being like you're ready to you're ready for something else. You're ready to do this on your own. You don't need anybody else. You don't need all the things you thought you needed to be successful. Um, and I don't think I would have taken that step off the ledge if I wasn't forced to. <laughs> um, so it really has been seven months since I've. Like been in business by myself for myself as a solo entrepreneur. Uh, which whew, it's a it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's very hard. Um, so I've had to learn a lot. The biggest shift, I think, for me there has been um speaking my truth and really not just saying things for the sake of pleasing other people or for the sake of, um, or, you know, out of fear, but really being able to stand up for myself and to speak my truth and to not be, a, yeah, to not be afraid of how it's going to be received or, or how it's going to change people's judgments of me. And, and that that's all I'm responsible for at the end of the day is speaking my truth and, mm-hmm. So that's, that's, it's been hard. It's been a new, it's like a muscle and training, right? Where
0: yeah.
1: I'm learning how to step into uncomfortable conversations where as before I was very avoidant. I was very complex. like, no, thank you. Everything's good. I love everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves me, <laughs> you know? Um, so getting comfortable with the discomfort and leaning into conversations that I would have otherwise kind of shied away from. Yeah. I'm learning to step into and seeing that I can do it and that it's possible and that whatever I'm afraid of is just made up in my own mind as a consequence. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are some of the big, yeah, big things this year.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a lot and it's like only been however many, like seven months or eight months or whatever, but it seems like you've been doing like so many things with like sharing your message and getting yourself out there and really doing big things. And I think it's inspiring for those listening that are kind of on a similar path that, Like we don't need to be perfect or have every freaking thing figured out before we take that leap, before we share our message, before we just go all in, because like ultimately you're a perfect example of you, like you are your purpose, you are your purpose. And so like living your truth and learning those lessons and sharing those lessons is you on purpose, despite the fear, despite the challenges and just pushing through it. It's really inspiring.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I, I've, <clears throat> I get very, it's easy to get caught up, especially in these early stages if like anyone else is, is similar, in a similar part of their path as a business owner or whatever is how easy it is to get caught up in all the things you feel like you have to do to be successful um, when really none of it's, none of it's that essential to you. Like if you, you have, you are the purpose. If you have the strengths and the skills to do the work, it's just, it's very easy to get caught up in like, well, I need the Instagram account. I need to have the following. I need to have the podcast. I have to have the website. I have to have a logo. I have mm-hmm. to have all these things in place before I can do the work. If that's the story, you're, you're never going to be ready to do the work, right? Yeah. Like, and I feel like I kind of jumped into doing all those things. And now I'm just really in a season of like taking a step back, reevaluating what's actually essential to me doing this work, what is just fluff and noise, and what feels. Right versus what feels like, well, I should. I should have courses to yeah. sell. Have an online membership program. I should have all these things that, yeah, my success will depend on somehow. And when it's just you, the weight of all of those things can get so heavy and so overwhelming that it just keeps you from doing any of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's what I'm working through right now. Is like, what do I actually want to spend time doing and um, yeah. And what can I say no to?
0: Yeah. I love that. And what's been coming up for you or like, well, how or have you been like redefining what success yeah. is?
1: So for me, I've realized a big part of what's making entrepreneurship hard is just how isolated and isolated yeah. it is. Um, I, Thrive in relationships. I thrive when I'm surrounded by people mm-hmm. and I'm connecting to people and that's not, it doesn't happen. Like my day to day is spent, like I said, alone in my home office with mm-hmm. my dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and my husband comes home and you know, he's like the first human interaction I've had all day. And, um, so for me moving into 2020, um, something that's come up for me that feels so exciting is still a little bit tied to fear, but, Um, that's normal, is to partner with like two to three companies in town and be an in-house coaching resource to their people, to their employees. Um, For seven years now, I've I've coached people who already have one foot out and are ready for the next thing. And I'm like, man, if they just had somebody Mm in-house to talk to, to process with, to feel supported by, They'd be staying. They'd be staying in their companies. They'd, and maybe not, but at least the, like a mental turmoil and the questioning, like this stuff needs to be happening inside companies. People need to feel like they can bring their full selves to work and not leave their hearts in the parking lot. Like yeah, bring, bring your heart to work, get get your heart. Like it. that's the part that I feel like we miss in the workplace is the heart, the heart. And that's silly yeah that sound. So I really want to help bring space for more heart at work. And, um, so that feels exciting. It, it brings the relationships back into the picture. It gets that structure in the community and the accountability to someone other than myself every mm-hmm. day. Um, and yeah, it, it feels really energizing to spend time in that way. So some of those conversations are starting to happen and, um, I'm reimagining the podcast a bit too. And um as you I'm sure you know, like pod having a podcast is a full-time job in itself. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: love I love it though.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful work and it's important work. I think I just I need to have I need to be able to delegate some pieces and right now it's all me. Yeah. Um, so reimagining the podcast, and then I run this year-long program online that will never stop. It's like my baby and I my passion project and so that'll still run online. But I think the day to day I'm just craving real connection to yeah. Real
0: people. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like more so lately than ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's everything's just everything's virtual and digital and yeah. You reach more people that way, but the quality of the connections can sometimes be lost in that. And uh, mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you think about the work that we do, that you and I do, and that a lot of other people in the space do, like it's healing work. And so much of what heals is touch is hot. You know, it's like, it's the simple human stuff that we can't get through our phone screens or the computer anymore. And, um, I think there, there will be a shift kind of moving back to, real life stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it needs to happen. And that's kind of like an intention that I've been putting out more so lately is doing more like in-person events and retreats and stuff like that to really go deeper with people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. World community, I think loneliness is, it's, it's a, problem. Mm-hmm. it's a problem and we all feel it as connected as we all seem to be. I think on a deeper level, there's this like deep, deep craving for yeah, human connection and community, and I think as we're this is going on a bit of a tangent, but I think as we we are stepping away from religion and you know religious whatever you want to call it, there's something we're losing there too. Um, so,
0: anyways, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> so when you say helping, you're helping people connect more to their heart in the workplace. Is that like what you're, I know you have like the heart work method. Is that what that is all about?
1: Yeah. So the heart work method. So for a long time, I was so focused on mindset, mindset work, how to change your thoughts, to change your feelings, to change your actions and like all the stuff up here. Um, but so much of what happens up here in your head is driven by ego, is driven by fear, is driven by stories. So a lot of the heartwork work stuff is, Kind of untangling the stories and moving, like I said, like from the thoughts into not even just the feelings, but into your heart space, and 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 having, like I tell people all the time, I'm like let's think about your heart as a person. Let's talk to her. Like she has mm-hmm. a mind of her own, she has a heart of her own. Like let's let's go meet her. Let's go have a conversation with her. Um, so it's kind of bringing, yeah, it's shifting that focus of attention to the things that you deeply know to be true versus the things you've told yourself are your reality, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And the process, like the method itself is very much a mindfulness practice. Like it's, it's tuning in, it's slowing down, it's finding stillness, it's inviting silence. It's, and then it's, you know, a bit of questioning and kind of guiding you through the process to really know what voice to trust when it comes up. Um, But it's, it's a hard, it's a practice. Like you said earlier, it's really, yeah. sometimes it's, it takes time to know where is this voice coming from? Where is this thought coming from? Is this based in truth? Is this based in a story I learned from my mom? Is this something that, you know, um, and for a long time, like we've, when we think the same thoughts all the time, they become beliefs and suddenly we don't question the truth of the things we think. Yeah. So really, I feel like the heartwork work method in that sense is it's a way to start questioning the truth of the things you've come to believe um, and to tune into what truth actually wants to come from you or mm-hmm. for you, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. What are some ways that, like, I know it's a practice, but what are some, I guess, ways that you can tell what is the truth versus what is the belief for you personally, like, or that you help clients with, if you're able to explain that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll start. So this, this might answer it more from like the mindset side of things, but one of the things and I learned, I won't take credit for this practice. This is something I learned from my own coach because I sure as hell have my own people who support (laughs) me through my own work. Um, But she whenever I would say things that she could tell were based in fear, but I couldn't because obviously it was like how I was seeing the world. Um, She would simply ask me, is that true? Like, could you go, What she would always say, could you go to court, stand in front of a judge and prove that thought or that belief to be true? Mm -hmm. And as much as things feel true or we think they're true, if I had to prove it like in factual evidence, it'd be really hard to. Yeah. Um, and something that I, that I'm thinking a lot about now is like, if there's evidence for the other side as well, then that tells you that it's not true, right? If it's, yeah.
0: if,
1: if um, let me see if I can bring an example to this. So if someone said, um, you know, she, she doesn't believe, um, she doesn't think that my work is valuable. Is there evidence for that? Probably because all you do is look for evidence that your thoughts are true because you're trying to constantly prove yourself right. But is there evidence that she does think your work is valuable? Probably, right? It's just all, it's what we've been looking for. So it's looking for the evidence that the opposite of what you've been thinking is true Mm -hmm. and like recalibrating, rebalancing the scales. Um, And again, going back to like, could I go into a courtroom? And if a judge asked me to prove it in facts, could I? Probably not.
0: (laughs) I love that question.
1: Yeah, that's great. I was
0: literally just talking about this uh, last week in my group about like finding evidence that the opposite. Yes. And like just challenging your beliefs.
1: Yeah, totally. And just coming back to, and and I do this for myself, I do this for my clients as well. I'm like, what do you know to be true right now? Mm -hmm. You can come back to that question in moments of stress and moments of uncertainty, anxiety, whatever it just brings you back into that heart space. Like it really draws the, the energy from up here and the rambling and the constant like rat race hamster wheel mm-hmm. into a place of certainty. What do I know to be true right now? I am healthy. I could prove that. <laughs> like I could, there are metrics. I could prove that. Um, I have a roof over my head. I am safe. Like these are all things that I, that I know to be true right now. Um, so coming back to that place of knowing and of just undeniable like yes i can't argue that that's where that's where you want to stay as much as you can in life
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so true and it's like just uh, all about also like calling yourself out when you go into those stories that are not really serving you
1: mm-hmm. yeah and just noticing i think the, like the most important part is that you just start to observe start to recognize the stories Yeah. That's 90%, that's the hard part. It's like detaching and just observing without judging. Like, okay, here's the pattern that I've been like living in, recycling through and just having that awareness, I think is, is, yeah, 90% of the work.
0: Yeah. What are some things that people have been like able to do or shift into from using the heart work method and like really grounding into the practices that you teach
1: yeah oh some of the things they've been able to do uh, make decisions (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest and the simplest way to answer that question is just make decisions without fear without worry without questioning and just from yeah from a place of like trust non-resistance surrender Mm -hmm. um and that, I think that's where most people, like when we when we talk about getting stuck, it's because we don't know how to, we, we don't trust ourselves to make the right choices, whatever the right, whatever right means. Yeah. Um, and those decisions have, you know, looked a million different ways. For some people, it's leaving a job. For some people, it's staying in a job. For some people, it's, I mean, it, it, it really, like there's no one common result outside of the fact that like everyone at some point gains the clarity to make the decision and trust themselves in the choices they make. Yeah. Um, And just release, yeah. Releasing the resistance and the, and stepping back into the the power of choice that you have. I had one woman yesterday who I was speaking with and, and she was like, I just feel like life. I'm just looking for a break. Like life has been so hard for me to me I'm in a constant game of tug of war, you know, every day it's like, I'm picking up this rope and I'm pulling and something else is tugging. And I just kind of, I paused her for, I stopped her for a second. And, and I was like, what if you decided to not pick up the rope tomorrow? And she, it was silent for like a good 30 seconds. And she was like, I never even considered that that was possible. Uh-huh. Right recognizing that you have the choice, but sometimes it takes the outside perspective or someone to sure. say, okay, well, here are the words you keep using. You keep talking about this game. You keep talking about tug of war. You keep talking about this rope. It's a story you've made up. Yeah. Like, there's no actual tug of war happening. If I asked you, is it true? <laughs> you couldn't prove it. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so what could be true instead what could be possible? What could be different? What if you didn't pick up the rope tomorrow? What if you decided to not play the game tomorrow? And she was like, oh my God, I've never, yeah, I never even considered that that would be possible. So that perspective, I think mm-hmm. is also what a lot of people gain is like the power to make a decision that the affirmation, the like stepping into the power of choice and that you have the power to choose, but then also just like gaining new perspective and getting yourself into a new Way of thinking, because as long as the way you think stays the same, the way you feel is not going to change, the things mm-hmm. you do aren't going to change, and the results you see in your life aren't going to change. So, we got to change change the way you think, and the rest will unfold.
0: Yeah, it's so powerful. Like we're all in in our own little box, and so I like how you said, like it's important to have someone outside of your like your mind reflect back to you, like the language that you're using and. And by asking different questions like that, like, well, what if you didn't pick up the rope? You're kind of, you're basically like getting into the subconscious because you're kind of like tricking it in a sense of like, oh, wait, I never thought of that. I never thought that it could be some different way. I never thought where I started believing this thing from.
1: Yeah. 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 Again, like you're starting to question the truth. Is it true? What could be true instead? Um. And we still, a lot of us stay in the drama of what we experience. And a lot of this transformational coaching work or the approach is to take people from drama, of like, why is this happening to me? You know, kind of that victim mentality, the story you build around that to, um, so drama is level one, level two is situation, which is where a lot of us also sit in like,
0: like here's circumstances.
1: Yeah. Like here's a circumstance this is the problem, I need to fi- I need to fix this quickly, right? We go into problem-solving mode, we look for the solution so we can get out of the bad feeling state. Mm-hmm. The third level is choice. And the question there is, requires a bit of that detachment, right? And looking at, okay, here's the circumstance, before I jump to fixing it, or before I jump to the story and the victim mentality, the question to start asking yourself in these moments is who do I choose to be? Mm -hmm. And it affirms the power that you have the choice. So who do I choose to be in a situation? Do I choose to fall back into my tendencies and patterns? Do I choose to be someone who embodies love and compassion? Um, And then the fourth level, which is where we we like to see movement from like level one drama into level four and level four is opportunity. And the question there becomes a bit more spiritual in nature and it's "What?" Wants to emerge from me.
0: I love that question. That's so powerful.
1: It is super powerful, and that taps straight into the heart. Like, what is trying to come out? What is trying to come up? What is trying to be experienced? What is trying to be said? To be seen? To be felt? To be heard? Um, then you kind of like remove yourself, and it's like it's not. It's not about me at all anymore. What? What, what need? What do I need to create space for right now? Hmm. It's not an easy question to answer, but it totally gets you out of the head and out of what's happening and into a place of greater perspective, a place of detachment and observation, um, and a place of just, like, deeper connection. Like, it's, again, not about you. This is about something bigger that wants to come through you. Mm -hmm. So the more we can come at life from there, the, the less resistance ideally we feel to everything we go through.
0: Yeah, I really love that. And it helps you get out of like the small like things and in, into the bigger picture. And for those of you listening, I hope you journal on these questions. Um, I know I'm definitely going to journal on that one. What what wants to emerge from me? I feel like that's such a powerful question. And it's like, um, it really empowering. It feels empowering just to even think about it.
1: Yeah, and and you can put that in the context of, I mean, anything. Honestly, I was having a conversation with someone about creativity and how like the thought of standing behind a blank canvas right now with a paintbrush sounds so daunting and frustrating. And like, what would I paint? Like, staying in the head of it all, like, what would I paint? I don't know what I want to paint. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if people are going to think. And if you just apply the same thing, it's like it's not about what you want to paint. It's about opening yourself up and like clearing out the channel to see what wants to come through you. Right. And to not judge it, but to just be a channel for it. And yeah, I just love how you can apply it to literally any part of your life that you want to see change in, whether it is in your creative pursuits or in the way you relate to someone you're in relationship with, like, what is it that's trying to come out and how can you stop resisting it and stop blocking it and just be open to it?
0: Yeah. And when you surrender to that, I'm sure you open up to really like being able to attract the things that you want into life a lot faster and easier. Yeah. And becoming a magnet and getting into that energy of flow. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One practice that um, I had the honor of seeing Shaman Derek speak... Two weeks ago, I was at a conference here in, in Atlanta called Attune. They had, you know, Gabby Bernstein
0: spoke, Elizabeth Gill. I've heard about that conference.
1: And it was an awesome lineup of people, amazing programming. And one of the things that Shaman Derek was talking about was how, well, really a manifestation practice um, that ha- that is so powerful. And I've shared it with literally everyone I've spoken with since. Mm. And the example he gave was uh, smoking. If you want to quit smoking, you could go to someone and say, "I can't wait to quit smoking," and you could kind of set that as your intention and as your goal. But it kind of like it stays in the words, it stays in the thoughts, and stays in the words. And he said, you know what? How to express something like that instead that actually helps you create that future for yourself now is to speak as if it's already happened mm-hmm. and to tune into how it felt to have quit smoking. So the mm-hmm. words are the,
0: going the, beyond it.
1: Yeah, totally. Like kind of losing the sense of like present past future and, and, uh-huh. um, and the phrase or the, the wording that he encourages people to use in the context of quitting smoking was to go to somebody and say, or to even say to yourself out loud, I love how it felt to quit smoking. Mm. what you're doing just through those words is kind of tricking your mind into thinking a, it's already happened somewhere in your field or whatever. It's already happened at some point for you. Um, And then it's also helping you tune into the energy of how it felt or how it would feel to quit smoking. And so when you do get to that point of quitting, it's almost like you're, you're remembering an experience versus being afraid of the uncertainty and not knowing like, what am I going to get there? How is it going to feel? It's like, no, you felt it at some point already. You've created that future in your present somehow. Um, And you're allowing the energy of how it felt to become what you embody. And that energy is what attracts what it is that you want. Um, I loved it. I thought it was genius and I'm like using it every day. I'm like, I love how it felt to fill my next group. I, like, I love yeah. how it felt to meditate consistently for three days, you know, three days a week for a full month. Um, yeah, because your whole body is, it, like, it really steps into that future state and it feels so exciting to have done it. Um, yeah. So anyone listening, try it out. It's awesome. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely try that out. So do you close your eyes when you do it and like really go there?
1: So it's interesting you ask that because um, I do a little bit of both. I say it out loud with my eyes open and then I close my eyes to kind of like limit my sensory experience and and really tune into how it feels. But one thing that Chaman taught was that when you close your eyes, and this is one opinion, I'm still kind of like, I'm still playing around with it myself. But he said, when you close your eyes, what you're doing is kind of telling yourself that you don't want to be in your current reality. Um, it's kind of like, nope, I don't want to be here. I'm going to, I just, I want to be in here. I want to be, I want to, I want to, yeah, I don't want to be here. Um, mm-hmm. Which, which again is interesting, because I totally see the value in you know meditation when you're trying to like limit the, again, sensory experience and really just kind of focus in on your sensation or your breath or whatever. It can be helpful. Um, but he recommends you keep your eyes open to affirm, like, this is the earthly experience I'm having. This is exactly where I am and exactly where I want to be. So whatever it is that I want to manifest, I need to say it openly with my eyes open and like bring it into, the now versus creating this like detachment or separation from where I am, but like where I want to be is not where I am, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. Cause I do a lot of like visualization and like really, yeah. um, seeing through my own eyes and then also seeing myself experiencing it like doing it both ways to really get it into the subconscious. I mean, yeah. I see the value in both. Like I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think there's power in both personally.
1: Totally, totally. I agree. And I, yeah, it's finding what works for you. Um, yeah. And it was funny. So, in one of the workshops that he led at the conference, he pulled me up for like a live demo in the middle of like <laughs> this like massive yeah. audience. I was like, oh my God. Um, and the minute he started, he was like practicing these mantras out loud and having me repeat after him. And the minute I started speaking, I closed my eyes and he was like, stop, why are you doing that? And, And I said something like, you know, I kind of, it just feels like I'm really taking it in and I'm turning inward. And he was like, no, you're doing that because you're scared. You're doing that because you're you're uncomfortable standing in front of all these people, hundreds of eyes looking at you in a very vulnerable state. So I'm sure circumstantially based on the environment, you know, the, the closing your eyes is prompted by different emotions. So maybe it's just tuning into like, why am I closing my eyes? Is it out of fear? Is it out of, um, Wanting just more inner peace, so yeah, yeah, good perspective to consider.
0: Interesting. So, from you doing um, this, saying it out loud, and all the things on your own, have you seen things come to life for you? Like, what came from that?
1: Yeah, uh, no, well, it's only been like a week and a half, so oh, I
0: didn't realize it was so recent.
1: <laughs> yeah, since I learned this practice from him specifically, I I feel like I'm a lot more clear. There's more clarity on what I want. Yeah. Cause I'm hearing myself say it out loud. I'm, you know, now other people are hearing me say, you know, my husband's home. So he's hearing me say things. So there's a little, there's like a, an added layer of accountability now. It's like, well, you said you wanted this. Um, and again, as a solo business owner, it's like, I have a million and one thoughts in my head all the time. But when I sit down to focus in on what these practices look like for me, I do have to clarify like, well, what is the one thing I want to ask for right now? And I'm starting to notice patterns and themes. So that's definitely been helpful and um, like decreasing some of that clutter and noise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, other things I've noticed, what it has made me very conscious of is how many of the same thoughts I have all the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: I don't know if it's like 90, there's some statistic out there that I hear people throw around like 70 to 90% of the thoughts you think today you thought yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, yeah, making me a lot more conscious of the thoughts I'm thinking and um, and how they're either blocking me or opening me up to the things that I want. Um, so yeah, so the awareness is definitely increasing. The clarity is definitely coming in and it, it is pushing me to actually take action in ways that I don't know if I would have otherwise. Um, you know, I'm sending the emails, I'm asking my network for connections, I'm moving, there's movement happening.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So good. I let, I love that. I'm going to try it and yeah, let me know. Let you know. I have like a lot of different little manifestation things I like to do. I definitely like saying things out loud, but I haven't done so much of like the oh I love how it felt thing. Yeah. Like yeah, it's super cool. Going beyond it and then
1: totally bringing it it back, yeah.
0: It's always like it's more like present kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like I present, like I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But again, like it's it's finding what works for you. Um, One other thing that I've been doing, and this is some 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 of it's from Gabby Bernstein and a lot of her practices or her. Uh, Yeah, her, her little nuggets. But one of the things that she talks a lot about is just simply affirming to yourself that you want to feel good. So if I'm stuck in my thoughts or if I'm kind of in a rabbit hole or whatever it is, or if I'm not feeling super great, what's one action I can take that affirms my desire to feel better? Um, and if it's simply to like get off the couch or to go to dance class and to not sit, right. It's like, what, what are my choices communicating to the universe and how am I affirming my desire to feel good? And if I'm not doing that, then I'm affirming my desire to stay in this like low vibe state. So how do I make choices that communicate that I want to feel better and that I'm trying through my actions to actually elevate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely helped me and my day-to-day with like how I'm choosing to spend my time and whether or not I get off the couch to go to the dance class after a full day of like trying to run a business. Um, So that's, and that's just actionable. It's easy. It's, yeah. um, And it, yeah, it gets you into a different headspace, a different environment and, and into the experiences that you actually want for yourself.
0: So good. I like that. So many golden nuggets in here. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I feel like we went really deep into a lot of different yeah. areas. Yeah. So what are you working towards now? Like what is your next level vision for your life, your business, your impact, everything that you're doing?
1: Yeah. So the biggest word that comes to mind for me too, one is simplicity, like really just coming back to the basics and the essentials of like what it is that I do and cutting, cutting the noise, cutting the fluff, cutting the shoulds. Um, really wanting to take a step back from like pressure to be super active on social media and to be like very active in this digital space, and creating that presence that just doesn't feel exciting to me. Um, so not feeling like I have to do that. <laughs> um, so the the balance, the simplicity, and from a balance perspective, I think it's just like needing to find ways to turn work off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like. Blessing and curse of of being your purpose and doing your purpose is that you love what you do, but it's really hard to turn it off. Yeah. Uh, and part of me is like, well, I don't want to because I love it. But mm-hmm. the other part of me is like, but you need to do other things. You need to have a life. You need to invest in your, you know, other parts of yourself other than. Yeah. Um. So wanting to invite more balance in, and then in terms of the business and the work goals, like I said, partnering with a few companies to bring coaching in-house and to support people in these transformations where they spend most of their time, which is at work. Yeah. Um, And then the podcast is going to be taking a bit of a different turn. So for the past six, seven months, it's been a lot of guest interviews and a lot of, um, yeah, mostly guests, but I really want to be able to go into, um, like just deeper spiritual conversations. Um, So I haven't said any of this out loud to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping to kind of bring season one of the podcast as it currently exists to a close and then step into a new season with a co-host. And uh, And
0: the podcast is, what is it? Sincerely Me? Me?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I think for her and I, the vision is to, Really, just our, the episodes will be conversations of her and I exploring spirituality, for really for ourselves with each other, um, versus jumping around topic to topic every week. I think both of us feel the need to really dive into some bigger things together. So that'll be fun to kind of re envision, reimagine the podcast, um, and then the group that I run that I mentioned. Um, the second group will be starting in January, so running that second cohort through the year and the existing cohort will run through next August. So um, continuing to create content for the group and to host retreats. Nice. Um will be in Austin next year and then that's where I am. Really?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, awesome. Well then we should connect when I'm there in February. <laughs> Definitely need to. I would love to. Um, yeah I had like I just have a vision of all of us doing this work. Like there's no reason why we couldn't come together and host an event or do a one day conference. Mm
0: -hmm. I've been dreaming up like doing a conference, like for the longest time ever.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about it. I think we like, I think it'll, it'll solve so many problems. One being like making this, these conversations more accessible to people bringing, I don't know. I think there's just power in us all coming together in some way.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Agreed.
1: So the more I connect and meet people, the more I'm like, okay, I can see this. I can see how this will all come together. I've met several women in Austin and um, yeah. So that's always kind of turning in the back of my mind.
0: And that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. So many exciting things. (laughs) Is there any last words or messages you would like to share with the audience? Yeah. The amazing boss babes listening.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. Um, if there was one thing to tell anyone and everyone that I came across, it's just to slow down, slow down. There's so and I'm speaking to myself just as much like Mm -hmm. (laughs) slow down. There's so much that you're missing by focusing on what's to come or harping on what was, Mm -hmm. um, Again, the conversation I had yesterday, the tug of war example I gave, mm-hmm. she's so desperate to be in her future and is living in these stories based in her past and only finding evidence that validates these past stories based in fear, based in negative experience. And I was like, the, what your heart is craving most is the experience of intense presence.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you're so focused on the future and building the future and you feel 10 steps behind and you're too old and you're too late and you're too this and you're too that you're in a race with time. Mm -hmm. When that tension starts to be felt in your body, all that your body is really asking for is for you to be present and for you to slow down and to forget about this concept we call time and to just be exactly where you are.
0: And that's it that's where the magic happens present moment vortex
1: yeah it's hard and it's hard man it's hard yeah but I think that's that's what a lot of us are craving most so yeah
0: so good amazing well thank you Talia so much for all of this where can people find you and connect with you
1: yeah so Instagram at Talia delju um, I did just recently like last week start a separate. Instagram account for my podcast, um, at sincerely me podcast and really my website. Um, like I mentioned, I'm not, I'm not super active on social media and I'd like to continue being less and less active on social media. Um, but that is where you can find me. Um, I'm just trying to find a little more balance with it and, and find, you know, being digitally connected, but also connected in real life with real people. Um, but Instagram is the best way podcast is on all, um, Platforms where you can find podcasts, and yeah, I'm locally here in Atlanta um, at the Lola if anyone listening's in Atlanta, would love to meet you.
0: Awesome.
1: Otherwise, would love to connect with you when we're in Austin for the yeah,
0: days. for and, sure. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I will leave your links in the show notes as well. Everyone listening, go connect with Talia, see what she's up to, listen to her podcasts and all the amazing things. And thank you so much for being here. It's been so amazing. I'm so glad we got to connect and dive into all of this. i